Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today we have a special panelist um, with us who is going to be talking about a very, very important subject for our veterans. I'm hoping people are listening up and their family members about this issue. So Michael McAuliffe is a son of a, uh, a vet- Vietnam veteran, an independent journalist, and a political reporter, and a congressional correspondent. Uh, today's discussion is Michael Kaiser's Health News article in which he mentioned the military exposed to toxic fumes from burn pits set to get a bipartisan uh, boost. This is something that uh, is really uh, near dear to all of us who've been over there, who served, who were exposed to those fumes. So thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Michael, for what you have been doing in the journalistic world to make sure attention is brought to this issue. So why don't you tell us what is going on now with the lawmakers? Well, there's a whole bunch of bills that are moving through Congress, and it's sort of hard to describe them all, but there's a, there's a handful of sort of smaller ones that make it a little bit easier for, for veterans to apply for benefits if they believe they were harmed by um, burn pits and the exposure. But there's three pretty big ones uh, that would go a lot farther to helping a lot more people. And one is, um, I think it's sponsored by Tom Tillis out of North Carolina and a number of Democrats. Um, maybe Maggie Hassan and some others, um, but it it uh, it would grant benefits to a lot of people, except it sort of still leaves the process in the hands of the Veterans Administration and the Secretary to determine like what are the illnesses that apply and and you know how would they go about applying and things like that. And then there are a couple of other bills, and the one that I really focused on when I, I wrote that story um, last mm-hmm. week was this measure that Marco Rubio and Kirsten Gillibrand are going to put out um, next week that would sort of have a list of 10 or 12 illnesses that are already covered. And the only thing that a veteran would have to do to prove that that they apply for for that particular illness is show that they were in one of the places where they had the burn pits. And, you know, in the bill last year, there were, I think, 34 different countries. In in this particular bill, they're just going to have to show the medal that you get for uh, serving at least a month in one of uh, any of these theaters. So it should make it relatively simple uh, for <laughs> someone who's got a lung problem or cancer or something like that to to go to the VA and say, here I am, here's where I served, and I'm sick, so get me some help. Um, so that's sort of what a lot of the veterans groups are, are pinning their hopes on. But there are some other measures. Elaine Loria from Virginia just came out with one that's very similar to the Gillibrand bill. Okay. It's got more things in it already, but there's no process there um, to add new illnesses as, like, science gets better and learns what veterans are actually getting sick from. So so most of the people who I, I've heard about really like the, the Rubio-Gillibrand measure the best. Okay, really sounds good. It sounds like they are actually focusing on let's give a remedy while people are still living. Because we know we had a lot of people from the Vietnam era, right, that were exposed to Agent Orange. And it's only not until recently that these legislation came through and people are being compensated. But there were many people who succumbed to that. 
uh, from their cancers or, you know, from other conditions that uh, were, uh, you know, uh, initiated by the exposure. Yeah, one, one of the editors I worked with on that story, her, her father uh, ended up getting compensation about five years after he died. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that's just <laughs> tragic, uh, tragic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and and so, you you know, you don't have to really suffer when you get back. And you made a comment in the, in the it was really kind of interesting about, you know, Abraham Lincoln's words, too. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I'll I'll botch the slogan, but it's essentially <laughs> that that you you have to take care of the widows and the orphans, right, and the yes. uh, Veterans Administration has adopted that as their motto. So, so when people who are orphans or or widows, you know, see the foot dragging and the long time that it takes to get any sort of um, benefits, care, compensation, you know, they don't really feel like the uh, motto is being met. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's really interesting. You just made me think about something, too. Um, and you know, I'm a medical doctor, but I was in the military for about 26 years and did two combat mm-hmm. tours over in Iraq. And, I, you know, if I were to, um, you know, be approached by the VA to discharge someone, that would happen in 24 hours, right? 48 hours, 72 hours. You know, you have diabetes. You're no longer a fit to duty. <laughs> Uh, but when it comes to <laughs> diagnosing something that arose from an you know an injury or from you know combat related uh, exposures, then it's years mm-hmm. and years and years. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I saw a really good story that McClatchy put out just a couple of days ago, right. um, with in an interview with one of the medical officials at the VA who's been there since before nine eleven. Uh, she said they knew that there would be problems with troops, you know, exposed to toxins, and they did a lot to try and figure out what those problems were going to be. They were studying them. They still are studying them. So <laughs> it, that came as a really big surprise to a lot of the people who've been trying to argue that, you know, I got exposed to all kinds of burning trash and I'm sick. <laughs> you yeah. know, so they were really surprised to learn that. And, and the hang-up seems to be the sort of the scientific proof. How do you prove that a specific illness was caused by an exposure? That's a very difficult thing to do. It takes decades of study to be definitive with something like that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, when I was in Iraq, one of the things that, you know, really came to, to mind with it is that, that we had burn pits there, and what they would do is have burn pits in, uh, you know, in our own areas, right, the cantonment areas and that kind of thing to burn trash and re- refuse but they also had burn pits in uh, enemy camps, you know, or in, in, in cities that were blowing through our area. And the question I always had was like, you know, if, if I had a, a weapon, I would use the smoke to see where if I have the right direction. It's a directional agent. And then I don't know, you know, you have no idea of what they were adding to that. You, we know that Saddam Hussein used chemical agents on his own people. Uh, we, we saw that in Syria. We saw that in Iraq. And so, yeah. uh, you know, there's no telling what kinds of things they were adding to this, um, into these burn pits. And uh, it was very toxic. And you had this, uh, we used to call it the muck, but almost everyone over there had some sort of involvement with their sinuses or felt sick, uh, you know, to the stomach because you had this uh, almost like talcum powder floating through the air all the time. And I always wondered if that particulate matter could adhere, you know, some of these chemicals. And we were around jet fuel, you know, from the helicopters and, you know, the, the vehicles. And so it, it seems like it's a perfect uh, disaster, you know, sitting there waiting to happen. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, and actually when we were coming back, uh, when we were being redeployed, they had us fill out questionnaires about were you exposed to certain things because we knew uh, we had to fill it out because we were exposed to tritium in a particular uh, accident that happened in the area I was in. And so, mm-hmm. the, so but you never hear anything again. <laughs> you know, so this is uh, <laughs> this is 2021. <laughs> I filled the paperwork out in 24 and 5 when I was over in Iraq and in 26-7 when I was in Iraq. <laughs> and I haven't heard a word. <laughs> about what that meant. Well, it's in, a, it's in a file cabinet somewhere and in a database, probably. It's probably something that someone ought to file a FOIA uh, request to, to see if there's any kind of statistical analysis of all that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that might be another investigative report <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so so what, what do you think we should be doing? What you know? How can people get involved in this? Is it something that you think that we should be um, more... Uh, you know, one thing is knowledge, which you've brought to the table, so people understand mm-hmm. that this is a, a big issue. Uh, but how, how can veterans get more involved? Should they be um, going onto the website? Because you were mentioning there's a, a website, you know, for burn pit registration and all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, well, that's a, that's something that's run by the VA, and it, they they sort of do that as a, almost a data analysis tool. They want to want to see what's out there. Um, and a couple of more people, a couple thousand more people registered after that story came out. So I, I, I yeah. hope they saw it <laughs> and yeah. went there. But there's, a, there's about 240,000 almost, about 237,000 people who have registered. But there's at least 3.5 million people who the VA thinks uh, has been exposed. And that, that data is from 2015, and they still use burn pits. So it's, it's got to be higher than that by now. Um, you know, as far as what people should do, if you're a veteran, you know, certainly go register. But uh, getting attention to things like this is, is really difficult. And I noticed even covering the 9-11 stuff for, for many years, um, you know, Americans, you know, they care about their heroes. They care about their veterans and, and they care about when their firefighters and police officers are sick. But they, they don't necessarily always want to have it in their face. Um, that they're being that they're sick and not being taken care of, right? It's like right, they got right. enough bad news in their lives already. So yeah, the, the thing that seems to, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so the thing that seems to really break through is when um, veterans who are really good at telling their own personal stories will come out and and talk about them in the press. And um, you know, I, though there's going to be a big press conference next week on the 13th in, in Capitol Hill. And they've got um, John Stewart as their sort of marquee guest, and okay. you know that kind of star power certainly helps focus people's attention. Yes. Um, you know, when when he speaks, people listen. You know, it's like what's the E.F. Hutton was the old commercial way back in the day. <laughs> um, you right. know, now it's John Stewart. <laughs> yes. You know, so, but but those are the things. You know, I mean, I wrote about uh, a really interesting person. Um, yes. You know, Will Will Thompson, and he lives out in in West Virginia, and he. He's such a remarkable person. Like he, he had his lungs removed, you know, twice, right. <laughs> you know, and and he's really dedicated his life not just to surviving, but sort of trying to raise awareness to what's happening with the issue. And it's such an incredible tale, you know. It's like 
He's managed to get his health care benefits, but he still can't get a military retirement because of the way the bureaucracy works in the military, which, as I'm sure you know, is really complicated. And, you know, it's how many years did you have here? How many years were you there? You know, and can we rule that this was really service related? It's really a, a morass of, of red tape. And, and he's just not going to get that retirement until he's 60 years old and probably right. not alive anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because I, I was reading that story and that, that your, your words in that story with the sport like tears to my eyes about what he had to go through mm-hmm. and what he's still going through. And uh, yeah, you know, after that story, um, actually, while I was like going back and forth with him, he was apparently having some sort of mild stroke. Right. <laughs> you know, I, it, it was hard to get in touch with him because he's like, "I'm sorry, I haven't been feeling well. I have a migraine." Um, so he went to the hospital, and it was a stroke a mild stroke that he had because when they removed a, a cancerous growth on his skin, it aggravated something and gave him a mild stroke. And, and the, the cancer is because of the immunosuppressants that he takes. Right. Because <laughs> he, he has, you know, transplanted lungs. Yeah. So it's just, you know, and it all goes back to the burn pits. And it's just it's okay. just such a hard, hard thing to deal with. You know, you're dealing with bureaucracy. You're dealing with health. You're dealing with people who have no idea that this is a problem, <laughs> you know. So it's it's a real tough tough road to to walk. Yeah, and I've seen so many people who've come back that you know before they went into service and overseas, uh, they didn't have you know symptoms of asthma or you know respiratory issues, and when they got back, uh, even you know co- you know connective tissue disorders and and, and other uh, disorders because this these toxins you know they come from metal cans, they come from uh, you know things that people were just throwing out asbestos containing uh you know uh, you know instruments or equipment and th- there was no EPA over there right so uh you, right. you don't know what that actually was being thrown into these uh these burn pits uh sometimes you um, you know had accelerants and other things exp- you know ordnance that was uh you know unexploded that well they light them all with jet fuel yeah yes yes <laughs> And uh, those things would be really toxic to our bodies. Um, we, we know mm-hmm. that certain um, things are related to things like lymphoma, leukemia, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the benzenes and all of those kinds of things uh, have been shown. We know from, you know, environmental studies and work studies, workplace studies. So my, my back was internal mm-hmm. medicine and occupational medicine. So there are direct links between some of these organic uh, chemicals and, and cancers, we know. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's reasons you can't have an open burn pit in the United States, right? right. <laughs> you can't just throw your trash into a football field-sized crater and burn it, you know? That's right. we, we have big fights and rules about that. That's right. And it's uh, that's when the NIMBY group comes out, right? Not in my backyard. <laughs> right. <laughs> they say, move that right. stuff away from me. Uh, because we do know right. that, that they has health implications. Uh, actually, in Chicago, we have one area that is uh, – you know where uh, the asthma rate is six times the average, the national average, and they're right around the factories and industries, uh, right in that area. And so people are, you know, it could be environmental, but yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it's certainly not uh, yeah. genetic or anything else. <laughs> so we need to really uh, look at these service members returning and take it seriously. Um, and you know, PTSD and all those other uh, mental illnesses uh, have a tendency to be sort of overlooked or, you know, uh, people have to sit there and prove that this is actually uh, something that's happening mm-hmm. with them. And so even these chemicals um, have 
potentials for affecting the central nervous system. We don't know. Uh, we don't have it, we haven't done enough um, you know research on this. But you would think by 20 years later, you know, <laughs> nearly 20 years later, we would be thinking about it at least or t- trying to yeah. explore it. Well, it just just even anecdotally, it's it's pretty obvious that something is going on. And one of the doctors that I talked to in that story, his name is Anthony Zema. Yes. He he worked with um, veterans in his in his residency and, and, and shortly thereafter. And as he described it, you know, when, when he'd walk into his w- waiting room, there would be a bunch of, you know, guys who were, you know, 90, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. and, and just a lot of old people, right? Because they were, you know, Vietnam and, and even, even, you know, earlier wars, Korea. Um, all of a sudden, in 2004, his waiting room was full of 20-somethings. Yes. You know, he, he had this, his what he calls his sort of, uh, his marquee case, his incident case, was this former football player. There from uh, from Nassau County on Long Island, who was just you know a terrific athlete, and he went into military, you know, fought in Iraq, and he came home and he could barely walk and breathe, <laughs> and that's sort of the, the first thing. So he's like, "Wow, something is terrible. Is this really going on over there?" And he's just had so many people now who have come back with with terrible lung problems, in particular. Um, those are the most uh, obvious ones and the ones that show up the soonest. So it's like. And you know, there's huge spikes in cancer amongst, you know, what the VA is treating. It's just even if you don't have all of the scientific data, there's just a, a, an overwhelming amount of, of personal stories and, and, and and sort of details that suggest that something very different is going on with, with these veterans. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Congresswoman Duckworth that gets involved with this as well, you know, she has her own story to tell about uh, the trauma she, you know, survived uh, with the um, Iraq War. Um, And I know her personally, (laughs) but she, she, you know, I'm hoping that we hear more from our veteran, uh, you know, legislators as well uh, to make sure uh, Bobby Rush is another one, you know, who uh, served in the military. Uh, but we need. To oh, I didn't him. know he was in the military. Yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> uh, United States Army, uh-huh. and so we we need to have those people step forward and say enough is enough. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to have a solution for this, and uh, you know we s- seem to find the answers for everything else we need to do um, when uh, the uh, issue arises. You know we can spend six trillion dollars on COVID, which is a well well spent. <laughs> we need to make sure we take care right. of everyone. But, you know, we need to take care of the veterans uh, as well. And uh, not to do that is, is a travesty. It, it's really, um, you know, uh, it's really a blemish on the history of our, our nation. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the one thing with the sort of silver lining of all the money that we're spending on COVID is I think the, uh, the billions that it will take to deal with this problem aren't going to feel quite so large. You know, after a couple of two trillion dollar packages went to Congress, because it will be very expensive to, to properly deal with this problem. Um, but I, I think the sticker shock won't be quite as bad um, as say it was when the nine eleven bills were first going through, and like they tried to get, right. I think it was around eight billion for the first bill, and they had to cut that down to four, and it was really wasn't even enough for five years. Yes. You know, then they had to come back again, and then they had to come back a third time. So if you if you really put the money into it that, that's required for something like this, which is um, frankly a lot larger than the impact of 9/11, because there are many many more veterans who went to war than than folks who were in Lower Manhattan or or even who came as first responders from around the country. 
um, there's just many more people. So I, I would imagine that the cost will be significantly higher, you know, many billions. Yeah. And, and one thing that's not, not often talked about is that we have veterans who are over there for two tours, three tours, four tours, five tours, six tours. That's like six years. And your, your exposure level, you know, is increasing over time, too, right? The, the more you are in that theater and you're being exposed to these chemicals, uh, yeah. there, there is a, you know, a timeline on that as well. How big were the pits that where where you were serving? Because like I didn't understand how big these things were because they're, they're apparently just massive. And a hole that you dig in your backyard, they like they could fill a football stadium. Some of the really big ones. Oh, they're huge, uh, really huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was um, I was in Iraq and Mosul. Um, went to Talil, um, uh, Abu Ghabi. You know, the, the the prison thing. We had to do some flights. In yeah. There. Uh, so I was with a mechanized. Uh, striker brigade uh, infantry and then uh, went back you know as a helicopter flight surgeon you know for um, you know doing a lot of uh, cross-border missions and doing some uh, things that we needed to do transporting people uh, prisoners and Mm -hmm. such and uh, so you were in that camp victory complex that giant complex around baghdad they were burning something like 180,000 pounds of trash a day Yes, uh, yeah. In that pit. Oh yeah, it's just it's just um, absolutely um, horrendous what was going on. And and the thing as I was mentioning before, you could tell. I mean, the 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 odor from that was just um, unconscionable. I mean, you 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 smelled the stuff, and it was just. Uh, and and one of the things that we don't talk about is the um, the the vehicles were very heavy tanks and. You know, uh, other mm-hmm. vehicles that, you know, two and a half ton trucks and that kind of thing. And what ends up happening is that those uh, vehicles grind the sand into a powder. So every time you take mm-hmm. a step, it's almost like, you know, you see this uh, talcum powder raising up into the air and people are breathing mm-hmm. this stuff in. And so um, so if you were actually in a maneuvers and you were running, you you were just in this cloud. <laughs> As you were yeah. you know, moving around, and it it, it uh, had a distinct odor and taste to it. Um, but uh, when the smoke came through, you know we would have it coming from um, you know the uh, cities in Mosul, and they would uh, come right through our camp. I mean, and they actually would send helicopters out there to suppress them, to stop them from doing that. And I was you know really on top of that because I was uh, you know um, in charge of the combat uh, medical things there. And, you know, I said, this is just, unco- we should not have this coming through the camp mm-hmm. because we don't know what's in it. <laughs> and so they, yeah. so we responded really pretty uh, vigorously with that. And they had tires that were burning. They had everything that you could think of burning in those pits. So, uh, but we're running out of time. So I just want you to uh, just tell me a little bit more about what people should do. I, you know, I'm going to be following your uh, tagline. <laughs> uh, I was so impressed by the article that you wrote. Uh, but where can people find out more information? You know, get in touch with your uh, your streaming and uh, and what your initiative uh-huh. is. Well, I mean the uh, the people who I found who gave, I mean, there's lots of great veterans groups out there. But the the one that that I got lots of great information from was a group called Burn Pits 360. Okay. And if you put in Burn Pits 360 uh, into the Internet, you'll find them pretty quickly. It's run by a woman named Rosie Torres and her husband, um, Leroy Torres, who, who is uh, also a veteran. And, and she's why 
or he's why she's in this because he got sick over there and he had to stop working as a police officer and you know all kinds of battles to get retirement um, and things like that but but they ended up starting this group and they actually have a much better registry than the VA does um, oh, really that's how hard they've been working on this yeah so so they're they're a great resource there's lots of information on their website but you know all the all the veterans groups have a lot of information on this you know the iraq afghanistan veterans um they've got a great section on it um you know the wounded warrior folks have a great big section on it all of those groups will have information so this this legislation is now active it's coming up for this i guess uh session right um that they're going to be looking at this yeah oh great great yeah well you know thank you thank you again michael um mcauliffe um and, you know, uh, I just, you know, thank you for your service because as a family member with your father for the Vietnam era mm-hmm. and independent journalist, political, uh, you know, reporter and congressional correspondent, you're worth your weight in gold. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.